BYOB, Build Your Own Business Podcast. I'm Keaton Nelson, and I started my company at 26, and I want to help you do it too. I'm bringing together business owners to give you all the information you need to turn your ideas into a successful business. Welcome to the very first episode of the BYOB Build Your Own Business Podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, Amber Maldonado. Amber is an impressive woman. She graduated from Berkeley College of Music with a music business degree. She was born and raised in Rhode Island and just recently moved out to Los Angeles, California to pursue her music career. Which, just in case you didn't know, any career in music is technically a career as an entrepreneur or a business owner. So now she's in the process of releasing her debut album. I thought it'd be a great idea to bring her on and talk about how she got started, how she raised the money to record her album and how she's gonna market it. Plus all the behind the scenes hard work and whatever else we can get to. Without further ado, let's figure out how to BYOB, build your own business. All right, so we're here with Amber Maldonado, and she's just getting into telling us about her long-term goals. You go, sorry, take it over again, Amber. <laughs> so then my long-term goals for when the album is released in September, October this fall um, would be to keep growing my presence as an artist. I've seen, I've seen a lot of artists. I went to school at Berkeley College of Music, so lots of my friends or just classmates or people I know from that community, I see them work really hard on these EPs and then just kind of release them and they're like by the way I did an EP it's on Spotify go listen to it and it's like you put in so much effort into making this amazing EP into putting your heart and soul into it and who you are and then you totally fall flat on the promotion and on your brand and on building who you are so when I'm putting together this album I want to spend as much effort as I put into writing the music, playing the music, creating the album I want to put into the promotion, the marketing, the brand, and who I am. So once I have some more time on my hands because I'm finished with the album, my goals are going to be to build up my following through the internet. It's because a lot of people are still kind of using the old format of, okay, I have an album, I'm going to go get some gigs at some bars and play some shows and hopefully more and more people come every time I book a show and then some label representative is gonna be there one night and I'm gonna be discovered and I break the glass ceiling and I'll be opening for some cool artists on my first tour. And it's not realistic anymore, or even why if it do you is. Think it's, why do you think it's not realistic anymore? It's just, it takes so much more time to do that. And okay. now when you're signing up for a label, if that's the the way you want to go about it and you're like yep I'm totally I do pop or I do hip-hop or whatever genre if it's a more mainstream thing and you need that label support and that's what you're aiming for they already want you to come to them with some type of fan foundation with some followers and they want that social proof on your Instagram or Facebook pages and if you don't have that the music has to be like doubly amazing like they're, they of course always look for number one is good music but yeah. second, they're looking for your following, unfortunately. So if you put all this hard work into good music and then fall flat on the following, 
you're not going to have that pull and that social proof that these labels are looking for, which could play a part in whether they sign you. Mm -hmm. So if you're only going to shows, and let's be honest, those bar shows aren't fun because you get maybe 10 to 15 people who show up and you don't make any money for them and they're a lot of effort. Whereas you can reach just as many, basically way more people Mm -hmm. by posting a really cool video on Instagram or on YouTube and it's it's the same effort but for a larger reach and then you have social proof from that it's not a one-time thing where you have to keep repeating it every single time right right so that's like that's where I think that musicians or anyone who does like performative arts they're they also do it because it's an event too right they enjoy yeah even if it is 10 to 15 people but that sometimes can be like a downfall when they're when they could just go onto YouTube and promote them, themselves that way and do word of mouth through you know, I guarantee you they have more Instagram followers than they have people going to their shows. Oh, yeah. Even if it's two hundred people. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if you have two hundred people coming to see you play, that's a lot. And that's a lot. The idea is that you want to use these platforms that are free to use, like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, TikTok now, more keep popping up. You want to use these free platforms to build an awesome foundation and an awesome crowd and fan base for yourself. So that way, when a label does go to pick you up or when you say, I think I have enough fans to start planning my own DIY tour, you don't have to play at these tiny little bar shows. You can say, let's book some real venues. I have the pull. So you can skip playing to those 10 to 15 people to actually going to a venue to play for 200 people. That's interesting right there. So like... What would you say, like, how many followers do you think is, like, a safe amount for you to do a DIY tour and try and go for those? What's your goal, right? That's hard. That's hard. What's that magic number? A lot of it depends on where your followers are. So if you have, for me, I'm shooting for 10K. I want 10K by the end of the year. Okay. Um, now, with that being said, right, that's something that people didn't have in the past. No. You can literally see where your followers are and you can yeah. book your tours dates yeah. based off of where your followers are, right? Yeah. That's huge. So if I go, if I look at my insights on my followers and I see that I have like them spread out too far everywhere all over the world, maybe it's not as reasonable for me to plan a large tour in the East Coast if I see that. I don't have that many followers in any one specific location. Uh But the flip side could be I look at my insights and I see, oh, all of my followers are in the New York City area. I'm going to play some shows in New York City. Now I can do that and expect to have a good pull. That's awesome. That's huge. Like, no one had that before. No, no. And and I think people – and, you know, it's a lot of work and not everyone knows how to do it. Okay. So I don't think people even realize that that tool is just there at their disposal. That isn't even an option. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, you can just, you can just kind of skip level one. Like, you don't have to play those shows. You can go straight to doing some, like, decent small tours instead of just, like, keeping playing your same town or city you live in and just keep playing the same venues and That's so awesome. feel like you're just doing the same thing over and over again and you're like come on why are not, why am i not growing why right. am i not coming on to the next level this is frustrating and feeling like you're stuck instead you can push forward on the internet and build that following there and then just invite them to meet you that's that's awesome i love it i love it um 
so you said your goal is is ten thousand followers. How many followers are you at now? I think I'm at fifty eight hundred. Fifty eight hundred. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of which, where can people go follow you if they listen oh, to this podcast? We'll, am, we'll touch it at the end too, but... Absolutely. I am active on Instagram. So it's Amber Maldonado 1070 on Instagram. and We'll put up a link too. We'll link it all. Yes. So that's okay. it. You'll find me there and you can come follow along and we'll have fun. Great. Great. Um, and just because I started the Facebook Live first and then the uh, podcast app, I want you to just tell uh, the audience on uh, Spotify and all those podcast uh, stations, uh, what kind of music do you play, all that type of stuff, mm-hmm. where you're from, and, and that junk. Yeah, so... That junk, but you go to <laughs> <laughs> So I'm from Rhode Island. I went to school at Berkeley College of Music in Boston. I graduated in 2019. Um, I'm based in L.A. now. And my music, I'm a guitarist, I play progressive metal, and my original music is instrumental. It has the metal style of guitar, drums, and bass, but I decided to add in some more, I guess, kind of cinematic strings and string quartet and some solo violin, uh, which I found out after that I wrote it and from friends listening to it. It sounds a lot like... The movies directed by Hayao Miyazaki, if you know any of those, like Spirited Away. Oh, okay. yeah. Cool. Interesting. <laughs> and ended up having a lot of influence in my music. Those movies I loved when I was a kid. And then um, I love the Armenian jazz pianist Tigran Hamasyan, so piano is a big element in my music. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of progressive metal is known for its technical aspects. It's a bunch of really good guitar nerds just nerding out and trying to play in weird time signatures and stuff so it has some weird time signatures but i wanted the emotional aspect of music to drive the album instead of saying i can play really fast in seven eight yeah so i wanted it to be i guess something that could connect to people who do like more technical music but also people who are just more passive listeners to also be able to say wow i really connect with this or this is good i like it so I want it to be accessible for everyone. Sweet. I love that. Uh, so you don't have to be a music nerd to enjoy her music. Yes. This the basic bottom line, right? Yes. Um, now, why... So you, you went to school in Boston. Why didn't you stay in Boston? Why did you go to L.A.? What was the... Wasn't it just out of adventure? Was it because you think that's the best place you could be for music? What, you tell me. Yeah. Um, so one's a really silly reason, but... The winters in Boston are killing me. That's a, good, that's a great reason. That's a great reason. Especially in the months of April. Last, last year, last April, my, my bed is right next to the window. So my head is right next to the window. So every morning I wake up and I would move the blinds and look up at the sky like, is it going to be blue today? And it'd be like, oh, it's gray. Yeah, it's gray. For a whole month. And it just, it kills my soul. It does. <laughs> like, I don't have motivation. I just, it really affects me and... I'm like, I don't have to live somewhere cold if I don't want to anymore. Like, this is it. Right. So um, part of it was that it's just, it's a, it's a lot to handle. Six months of just gray. No, definitely. So, I feel that here in Rhode Island, too. Yeah, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, also the Boston music scene is very small, and it's great. I love Boston as a city, but a lot of the music scene is a lot of Berkeley students playing yeah. their gigs at the Middle East upstairs or Sonia's or now do just, those students get paid well to go play those? Did I you... mean, I don't know what they're getting paid, but they're probably getting paid like 
maybe 50 bucks. Right. Isn't that wild? 50 bucks. And it's great because when you're doing it as a student, it's like, yeah, you're broke anyways, some extra money to pay for stuff and some practice with live performances and running a band and stuff. So it's great. But then when you're actually like, okay, I want to be a musician and make money off these things. Right. It's hard when there's only like five small, um, five small venues to play at. And then the, the size of the music scene is limited. It's mainly run by students and the booking and promotion people mm-hmm. who work there it's been the same guys who run that scene for like the last 20 30 years right so it's it's kind of like set it's made it's done and i felt like the opportunity for growth there just wasn't really there because besides those small venues mm-hmm. the, you have big venues like the house of blues or td gardens but those are reserved for the people who are passing by on tour anyways so right. it's, it kind of limits you gotcha so just, you think it'd be worth it to go out to LA? It, first of all, you're gonna feel better because you're in the sun. Yeah. And and then you could. You don't know how that scene is really yet because you've been yeah. there only since it's been yeah. shut down in February. I know. Part of it was just but, saying, you know what? I'm gonna go for it. Do something new. Right. Challenge myself. See what happens. Was it scary? I mean. Once I knew I had an apartment to live in, that was, was okay. like half of the scary when you go there and you're like, oh God, where am I going to live? Right. Knowing, okay, I have an apartment, I have a lease, I know, I have somewhere to sleep and put all my things when I first get there, so that was great. Okay. And then the other half is just saying like, okay, now I have to, I feel like every time I move to a new city, I'm kind of conquering it. Okay. So I felt like, okay, I conquered Boston, I know where everything <laughs> is, I know what's up, like I got it. I did a study abroad in Valencia in Spain. I felt like, okay, I understood that. I know where everything is in Valencia. I know what's up. I got it. And so, and then Rhode Island's so small. Uh, yeah. That's <laughs> I got the state. It's yeah, so, yeah, yeah. State's in my pocket. It's fine. So now with LA, I'm like, okay, time, time for the next thing. I have to figure out what's up. Uh-huh. And in my sense, I conquer that too. So that's great. I mean, I don't, I don't know if LA is the right move for every musician mm-hmm. because especially like we were saying about growing your following online. Like you can need, do it anywhere. Exactly. The need to move to a big city now isn't necessarily Especially when it's necessary. Like, especially when it's like a place like New York. Yeah. Where you're paying like $2,000 for like a cockroach infested yeah. one bedroom or studio apartment, you know. Yeah. Um, you can just live in the middle of nowhere and, and be comfortable <laughs> and do your facebook lives <laughs> yeah right like this um then i i also wanted to say or like ask you like for the for people listening mm-hmm. if if someone did want to move out to a big city or something like that mm-hmm. what's like three to five things they could do to prepare like if you could put it in order but if you can't that's okay too yeah um I would say if you have a community of friends there, because that's what I had with, I mean, not so much with Boston when I moved there, but yeah. it wasn't too far from Rhode Island. And how'd, you, how'd you have it in, in LA? Yeah. So like with Boston, it was okay, but I'm going to be taken care of by the university. But moving to LA was something like no one's taking care of me now. That's it. I'm an adult. But my friends had moved out to Boston after, moved out to LA from Boston after graduation. Okay. So I had some community, so I got an apartment with two friends, and I had friends literally checking out apartments for me and sending me videos. That's nice. So that was like the biggest help, probably having someone to be able to scope out apartments. I messaged friends saying, okay, what areas are good to move into, affordable, what areas should I avoid? It's always good to have that inside source. Yeah, so that, that helped a lot. And then in getting there, I mean, especially with the 
music business, it's always about knowing someone. True. So it's about when you get out there with your friends, like, yeah, applying, if you want to apply for a job, like applying online, but also messaging your friends and saying, hey, do you know who's hiring? Because a lot of right. them work in labels or for oh, that's really cool. known film scoring composers or whatever. Yeah. So, and they might just be internships or like assistant jobs, but that's fine. Right. Because those things. Because yeah, you don't just go out to LA and you become this huge musician, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you have that's to not start, a fantasy. You have to start at the bottom and you have right. to pay your dues. Exactly. So I would say the biggest thing is if you have a community of friends out there who can help you check places out, that's great. If you mm-hmm. don't, I would say get an Airbnb or get a one month lease or two weekly something just, and then just spend that time finding an apartment. Okay. And then once you have your apartment and your home base, then you can kind of start figuring out the area and the networking and all of that. Yeah. Cool. Cool. But just getting... It's just like you take care of your, your needs first. Yeah. Right? That food, shelter. Yeah, and, exactly. And safety. And you'll be good to go after that and explore a little bit more. All right. Now, you said you have like almost 6,000 followers mm-hmm. on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's not an easy feat for anyone. <laughs> um, and you're someone who's playing music and putting out art and everything. You're not just someone going on there and, you know, it's actual content, you mm-hmm. know, that you're putting up. Are there like certain ways you go in trying to or get people to follow you that aren't already following you? Mm-hmm. Something that would be beneficial for someone who's trying to build their Instagram or Facebook. What would they yeah. what would they do? So I mean, I would first decide what kind of content do you want to put out and then do it really well. So one of the big things for me is okay, I like practicing, I'm always practicing at home. Cool, that's great. But then when I had to actually make a video, I'm like, oh, it has to be really good. So then I like visually visually sound in terms of like good audio quality but also in terms of good playing right it has to be perfect it's like you're doing a performance but Mm -hmm. you get a couple tries to get it right so um and then okay but great you make a great video but after that okay but what's coming up next week so it really forced me to learn content really well and a lot faster than i was used to instead of spending a month learning a song it's like i have a week that's really cool so it got my playing really good. It took my playing to the next level trying to put out professional content mm. regularly. So I would say create some type of schedule where you say, what kind of content do I want to put out and then do it. What does your schedule look like? My schedule is two posts a week. Okay. Um, Monday, Thursdays. It's when are you recording for those? Do you have a schedule for that as well? Or I try it, to. Or you just hit those deadlines and that's just it. I... For a while, I had the next video up for Q okay. before I even posted the one that was coming. So I had a video ready like a month in advance. Kind Just staying of. ahead of it. Yeah. Yes. And then sometimes life happens and you fall behind. And then sometimes but, the day I'm supposed to post is the day I get it finished, unfortunately. Okay. No, no, no. But that's how but it you is. you got to meet it. Sometimes life happens and you fall even more behind. And you're just like, I spent a month without posting and yeah. it happens. And but, I'm sure that business owners can relate to this as well. Yeah. This stuff happens all the time where your client needs something done and you just need to figure out a way yeah. to make it happen. I mean, because... God knows like, what happened. It's like that. I had other deadlines. Okay, I didn't post on Instagram, but I had two eight-hour sessions in the studio tracking something, you know? It's right. It's like, it happens. When you can't do it all sometimes. 
Yeah, and that's okay. You yeah, do, you yeah. don't beat yourself up about it. No, it just yeah. happens, and you just say, "Well, when I post, I'll get it back on track." And mm-hmm. then, um, and then keeping my content guitar focused because in the beginning I was posting things and they were just pictures of me and really my followers want to see pictures of me with my guitar or videos of me with my guitar. So it's probably mainly videos, right? You can't hear a picture. Yeah. So, (laughs) you know, just catering to what kind of content they want to interact with. How did you find out what they wanted? Do they comment and say like, Hey, we would like to see you. It's just, it's, they don't really comment. It's more of just tracking how many likes I would post. Cause I, I said I did a study abroad. So I posted this super cool photo of like, me in Morocco or you know somewhere cool and I'm like wow that's such a great picture like yeah it looks so awesome and then I get like 98 likes so and it was then, a different you could tell by the engagement yeah. and then I post like me okay I just need something to post I take a selfie of me with the guitar it's not even good quality and then it gets like 300 likes I'm like okay well I see what you want that's so, interesting okay so it was based on the engagement I was getting and then to bring that even further, I looked into people's first impression of me, which is how my profile looks. So okay. if someone stumbles onto my profile and it looks like it looks like a mess or like a personal profile where there's no color scheme, there's no kind okay. of like when you go onto someone who has a really good Instagram profile, you can immediately say that profile makes me happier, that profile looks mm. epic. Or if you could take three words to describe a profile you stumble on, like that's their brand. Is that someone someone could do before they decide to make the Instagram? Like they should sit down and say, all right, I'm gonna come up with three words that I want someone to feel. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. That's awesome. I wanted people to come onto my profile and think, okay, like um, like maybe like I'm friendly or fun, you know, like I'm <laughs> personable. And then to think, okay, I'm a cool metal guitarist. And then maybe like, I don't know, adventurous, something like that. Okay. And and I copied it from other people's profiles. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, no. I went onto other people's profiles who were other female guitarists, and I said, okay. One of them was like a gymnast, or she's like trapeze art, and like while playing guitar, she's like hanging upside down from a <laughs> That's so playing cool. guitar. I know. I'm like, wow, she seems like she's so fun and energetic and cool. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's her brand. All of her posts feel that way. Mm-hmm. Another one had a different brand where it's more um, like her whole profile was purple and it was more um, flirtatious or whatever and like that's her brand. So I'm like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna pick my brand and I need my photos to reflect who I am. Right. So it needs to hit something like that. And then just, and then after that, I worked on making my captions really authentic and really me. And instead of just posting short little captions, I started telling people who I was through my captions and they started relating can you, to me. Can you give me like an example? Like what would, what was something you said that didn't work? Let's start there, right? Um, I posted, let's see. I posted like a photo of me hanging off a cliff, like my, my feet dangling off a cliff and I was like cliffhanger. And I was like, ha, huh, that's clever. It didn't no get any likes. Okay. <laughs> so what was the caption that did work? Um, I did like a five post series or whatever cool. on my story. And I talked about how the first time I applied to Berkeley, I was rejected. How I finally got in, but then I felt I still wasn't good enough. Interesting. And then how I developed horrible back pain. And then Mm -hmm. how I finally got my confidence back and decided to pursue being an artist and make my album. And how I finally felt like me again. That's awesome. And following my dreams. And that I got back to the reason I do music, which is because... 
I want my music to be there for people the way music has always been there for me. And mm. people, it got so many likes. It got into, like, I got over a thousand likes on a couple of those posts. Right, and it's authentic. And, people are... And then I got DMs from people saying, oh my gosh, the same thing happened to me. Yep. Or I had the same kind of back pain for the same reasons. No one could figure it out. Or... Mm wow, that's exactly what happened for me, but not pursuing music for pursuing mathematics or something to that extent. And so people, like, and one of them, he said, he DM'd me, he was like, the first thing I thought was, wow, this is so relatable. And it just Mm -hmm. made me so happy because I'm not just saying, yay, I got a thousand likes. I'm really interacting and reaching with people and making connections, which is just so much more rewarding. Which is what you want your music to do. Yes, exactly. That's awesome. That's really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, was it scary to, to be open up? Yeah, because you're like, okay, I'm going to... This is really personal <laughs> to me. I'm going to put out who I am, the struggles I've been through six over the last people. few years. <laughs> and then what if no one cares? What if they don't like it? What if they're just like, get over yourself? Right. But they received it really well, which was really awesome. That, that, that's great. That's awesome. Um, you want to... There's two things I want to go over. I want to get into your album, but we can save that towards the mm-hmm. end. But you want to tell them how we know each other? Yeah. Um, I was taking guitar lessons with my teacher of like 10 years. And he had just moved to this uh, music studio called Bedrosian. And then he was like, after a while, he's like, okay, Amber, I can't give you lessons anymore. I'm moving on with my life. And I'm like, oh my God. And then, um, they hired Keaton and Keaton became my guitar teacher. And then, um, for a few years, and then we went to college together for one year at University of Rhode Island and we've just stayed in touch. Yep. And that's when she, she went off to Berkeley, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, and by the way, if you don't know, I'll open up a little bit here. I'm a college dropout. So, uh, you there's a part of you and the goal of Berkeley quote unquote you'll say is to drop out to drop out right which is a little ironic I didn't so I guess I failed (laughs) yeah yeah but she's still pursuing it I love it and um with Berkeley and the the music business degree why was that different than just like a perform performance um side of everything what did you get out of it that maybe other people did yeah um a lot of it going into it, and my parents were really freaked out that I was pursuing music. And for many years, they were like, Amber, don't do it. Music is just a hobby. Interesting. You can't make money off of that. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Just everything. Like, they're so scared. Oh, my gosh. Our very smart daughter who gets honors in high school and right. all of this awesome stuff could have been... They're like, Amber, you could have been anything. An you could have been a lawyer, yeah. a doctor, <laughs> you know? And they're like, why do you need to do music? Right. So they were really scared. And... um from what, just from what I know about Amber, is she, she doesn't take in that stuff from her parents. I think she hears it and she's just, from what I can tell, on the outside, I don't know what's going on on the inside, <laughs> but she's always been like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I don't care. It's no yeah, problem. Um, I guess I'm kind of fearless in that way. But um, so I'm like, okay, but I, I am hearing it. It's like, I hear what you say. Like, if God forbid this music thing doesn't work out, what do I do? How right. would I make money? So I was like, okay, and then going into it, it's like, I want to be an artist, I want to be a performer, but do I really need to spend all this money for a piece of paper that says I know how to play in front of other people? Okay. And I'm like, I'd rather know the background of, well, how do I get to the point where people are playing me to, paying me to play in front of other people? Yeah. So I'm like, I want to know, like, it just seemed like the music industry was this giant, big 
question mark of how musicians get from being bedroom musicians and nobodies to being the top of their genre and industry how do they do it because if i know how if i know how they do it then i can copy it and i can do it right so um that's kind of how i went into business and then you know for my parents first case the backup it doesn't work out okay but i have a business degree right exactly (laughs) So what what were sort of the what were the business classes that they offered at Berkeley that you um, took? Yeah, so a lot of them were like normal business classes like marketing. Okay. And then other ones were very specific like um, record company operations. Interesting. Or um, music publishing and um, just very. And then even the business classes that weren't. Um, specifically music classes like marketing everything they put through the lens of a musician or through the lens of a label or okay whatever so that way it wasn't just like here's how you sell bounty paper towels right it was right, more right. Of like okay here's how you sell music or here's mm-hmm. how you sell a person because like That's you're sweet. selling you're selling music you're technically selling cds but you're also selling this idea of the artist you're also selling that person it's like mm-hmm. you you fall in love with the music but you also then kind of fall in love with the person who made the music and who they are. Right. So it's like you're selling, how do you sell yourself? Right. So they put everything through that lens, which was great. Okay. And it was awesome to learn so much from how record companies operate, to reading contracts, to have practicing negotiations in class with, mm-hmm. as if you're the artist and you're negotiating to get a manager or... You're negotiating with a studio or you're negotiating with the label. You practice all that, reading contracts, writing contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, it was great. Oh, no, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's huge. I mean, this is what I mean. Like, this is, being a musician is a full-time entrepreneurship, business yeah. owner. You have to wear all the hats like any entrepreneur does. You have to know how to market, how to negotiate, how to produce a product, mm-hmm. and how to, how do you frame that product to say, this is worth buying yeah. to whoever your customer is. And then on top of this, you even broke into, you have, you have the, the artist as a brand and then also a personal brand, mm-hmm. which like most business owners don't even touch upon mm-hmm. or are willing to. Yeah. And, the, and you're doing both of them, which is, I think is, is yeah. awesome. And you're kind of mixing it together, right? With, with your Instagram pages. Like, yeah. Cause, cause like, um, running a business, it's like, okay, you need a place. It's like, a party you need a place to have the party which oh. is my instagram page you need something to serve the people which is my content okay or the food and then yeah. you need people to invite so it's like that's how you have to do it and um that's and then- a beautiful that's the best <laughs> simplification of a business that i've ever heard Can you say that just one more time really that's awesome it's not it's- mine i read it online i know but it's great but it's hosting a party you need the house or the event place, which is could be your website, your social media. In my case, it's Instagram. Mm-hmm. You need people to invite. Who is your ideal customer? Who are you looking to target? And then you need something to serve them, which is your product or your content. Yeah. And you can't have... They can't be out of balance. You can't invite them to this big empty house. Yeah. Or you can't ha- not have enough product to serve them. So, or a crappy product. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, imagine you have, like... They don't want your burnt food. <laughs> exactly. That's it. That's it. Yep. Um, and I did want to touch upon... I like how you opened this up and saying that if you're an artist at all, a visual artist or performing artist, if you're trying to sell your art, no matter what medium, 
you are an entrepreneur and that's something that I realized even after I graduated, I'm like, wait, this is like starting my own business. I think I should look more into reading business books and stuff. Exactly. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. that a lot of my friends and classmates never realize. They're just like, yeah, I'm an artist. It's like, yeah, but like, Mm -hmm. what are your revenue streams? Like, how are you paying taxes? That's huge. What are other ways you can make money besides playing shows? You know, Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's dive into your product, right? Mm-hmm. So when did you decide, all right, I went to school. I've spent enough time learning. I'm good mm-hmm. at the guitar now. Which, by the way, what, what, what age were you when you picked up the guitar? I was six years old. Six years old, which is just unreal. First of all, it's hard to teach anyone who's six years old how to play the guitar, which I'm sure you'll find out at some point <laughs> um, if you haven't already. Yeah. Um, and then having them stick with it for, yeah. what, what are you, 24, 25 now? I'm 23. You're 23. So 17 years. Yeah, 17 years she's been playing guitar. Uh, and then... <laughs> so you stuck with it that long. Mm-hmm. And how many years into it before you decided, all right, I'm going to put out a product? Um, so when, when did you decide to say, I'm going to put out an album? I mean, I guess pretty recently. What, like, yeah. cons- like. The idea of it, like I, the, when I decided I want to be a musician, I want to do music, I want to go to Berkeley. I was no, like no, no, no. Yes. But then, but then, like, okay, I go to Berkeley. I'm like, maybe I won't be an artist because it's something I always wanted to do. I always wanted to be in a band and like tour and do all that cool stuff. I'm like, maybe I'm not meant for that. Maybe I'm not good enough. I'm not a good enough guitarist, or even if I know how, like I do. Who would want me? And okay. You go through that a lot. And do you still go confident? through that, you think? Not anymore. Now, and oh, that's awesome. So, and then, like, I started getting my confidence. Okay, well, who am I really supposed to be? And, on, and where did I compromise on myself? And then just saying, I'm not going to compromise on that anymore. And oh. I am going to just completely block out all of the negative energy or people telling me, I don't think that's a good idea, and just stick to my vision. Okay. So the idea of like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put out an album because it's, it's scary putting yourself out there, putting who you are as a person, as a creative. Just like that Instagram out post. There. Yeah. yeah. It's scary because you don't know how people are going to accept that. And there's a mm-hmm. lot of critics online who just like to put other people down. And, yes, you know, it, it doesn't matter that they're a faceless person or that they it's almost like you're not a person to them when they say those things. It's still it hurts. matters. Yeah, it matters that you put the time and effort and your emotions into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so then to say I have the courage to really like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to wait for someone else to pick me up as a guitarist or I'm going to write my own music. I started I wrote the first uh, song to this album in um, like 2017, the fall of 2017. And then I was writing all these songs, but I'm like, yeah, but am I really going to do anything with them? I don't know. I don't know. Going back and forth. And okay. Then, but I was really like, I'm going to do this. It happened, like, I think, I think only, like, only like, a year ago. A year ago. A and you said, all right, ago. I'm, like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. There's no going back. I'm just going to do it and uh-huh. hope for the best and hope people like it. <laughs> right. Right. Awesome. So do you wish you decided sooner? Mm, that's hard. I wish I had more confidence in myself sooner. sooner, and I wish I hadn't compromised on what I wanted to do or try to pursue other avenues and had just been like, I'm going to do an artist and really stuck to my guns from the beginning, but so, I don't regret where I am today. Yeah, absolutely. So my question there is like, all right, so let's say there's someone listening that 
they're they're not feeling as confident in themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not really in that space. They they feel like they know what they want to do, but they're listening to other people or they're they're willing to compromise on things. What how what would you say to them to say, All right, this is how I did it or this is what I think you should do? Are there questions they should ask themselves? Are there actual physical things they should do? What do you mm-hmm. think? I would just say that only you know what's best for you and only you know who you're really meant to be. Don't listen to the logic listen to your intuition because logic is things that and that intelligence are things that only other people have told you but your intuition is what's going to create something new and no one else can be you or create what you were meant to do yeah so just know that and then say okay but are you not confident because you don't think your playing is good enough okay so practice like right. is there some is there some action you can take to get from point A to point B to from where you are to where you want to be? Right. So maybe the so confidence it's, is it's a... like both. Okay. So there's a, there are there's some actions like mm-hmm. if your plan's not where you want it to be to be able to show the world or yeah. your product isn't as good as you want it to be to try to sell to people, then go and do the work and make the product or make your playing mm-hmm. better or whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. But like then that. if you have like a bunch of people telling you no, your playing is awesome what are you talking about? Like you're Should you being, listen? Then if, I mean, if it's like your mom, your mom's always going to tell you you're great. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. But if it's actual like professors or teachers or people who have some type of insight or knowledge into the, what you're doing and they're just like, no, really, honestly, people would buy this or you're good enough. Awesome. Then you, then that's when you have to say, okay, if I, if I have like 10 people who are certified experts in what they do telling me that this is good enough, then go more into like digging deep in self-reflection and saying how can I get this confidence that I need okay okay I like that um so you decided a year ago that you're you're going to do this Mm -hmm. what has it taken to get to where you are like what were were the the steps that you needed to take to do it I mean it's just once I decided I'm going to put in an album, it just, it was very technical things. Like, okay, let me finish writing it. Okay, let me go back and fine tune my arrangements and pick okay. the instrumentations. Okay, now let me go find a drummer, find a bassist, I'm the guitarist, find a pianist, you know. Mm-hmm. They're very like normal steps to just creating the product. Right. Um, and then. Then go and record it. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, let's book a studio session. Let's find a sound engineer that I can trust. Let's to be the person recording it and I'll be there overseeing it and running rehearsals and you know and then okay now let me go and edit the audio and okay get my final comps of the best playing of the takes and whatever and and then it also took um, me having a kickstarter because I couldn't pay for it all on so, my so own. yeah let's take, it, let's take a step <laughs> back from that so before you had the kickstarter what were the types of things that you were paying for out of pocket um not they were big expenses but it wasn't too many so my biggest expense was definitely studio time for drums and bass and then paying my drummer and my bassist that's what i was thinking right so mm-hmm. it's like having an employee yeah it's, it really it was is. like a work for hire kind yeah. of i'm contracting you for this amount of time to do this for me and if you do it well i will pay you right exactly and that's uh that's like basically like having a 1099 versus a, uh, a W2 employee, mm-hmm. which is... Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they loved the stuff and I think they really grew to consider what, you know, their role and 
and what they played for me to be kind of personal to them too in the end. But I was very clear and, you know, which I loved and I wanted them to put their own personal touch on it and everything. But at the end of the day, I was like, this is my music. This is mine. And I don't want to be waiting on anyone else or be strapped down to my drummer lives still in Boston and I live in LA and I loved my drummer but mm-hmm. I don't want to not be able to play the music because he has because right. he has partial ownership of it and we don't live in the same place so yeah. it's very clear like this is my music I wrote it all and you were the person who played a part for, for me. hire right yes that's smart that's smart owning your music mm-hmm. is huge yeah and that's the I think an issue with labels you probably can speak to more than me mm-hmm. uh, that these labels will they'll give you a big chunk of change up front mm-hmm. and then you got to pay it back with your music sales yeah but then at the end of the day they own the music is that right mm-hmm. yeah and that's like it, it's with today's day and age you don't have to you can go that route mm-hmm. but you think you would say you're doing it it's it's worth it to go out and be independent or would you um, like to get picked up by a label at some point to personally it's it's hard because the landscape of music has changed because before before 2006 before um illegal downloading and file sharing people paid a lot of money for recorded music because they felt like they were physically buying a cd so they were okay paying 12 dollars for that but now that we have streaming no one's paying for recording music it's free. exactly so the labels aren't making their money that way So they're making their money on touring, which is how artists are making their money too. And that's why you see big names like, okay, 15, 20 years ago, how much would Beyonce tour or the biggest name of that time tour? Probably not that much, maybe like Mm -hmm. one tour a year. Now you have Taylor Swift who's constantly going on these huge, long stadium tours because that's where the money is. And now labels and their contract... Where normally they wouldn't have anything to do with your touring so much. You could make your money for, through touring. Yeah, and then artist. they're just and then they're just kind of dealing with the recorded music, and you're not getting money from the recorded music, but you're making money off your merchant touring. Uh-huh. Now they say, okay, yeah, we'll help you with the recording music. We're also gonna help you with that tour support, and we're gonna take your revenue from tour support. <laughs> so that's how a lot of and you have the rise of three sixty deals, which is they they want a part of every single revenue stream you have as an artist. But, um, so don't do a 360 deal. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, so it depends. It depends. If you're trying to be the next big thing on the top, Billboard top 40, then you're probably going to still need that label support because at the end of the day, they're going to pay for you to be on the radio and they're, they which is the- illegal, but they, everyone does payola. And, okay. you know, they're going to, and then they're going to have the connections to set you up with the best writers and the best team and they're going to make things happen for you. It's, it's, but it's like, everything's a give and take. It's like, are you right. willing to give up the ownership of your music or some of your revenue to have them and some of your artistic control to have them bring you to the next level where you want to be? So, right. and for every genre, it's different for a progressive metal. It's not as necessary. There are a lot of big names in progressive metal who are just doing it DIY independent mm-hmm. no label and they're fine with that and there are some who are signed to labels because that's what they wanted so it's a, you have to look at mm-hmm. where you are and where you want to be and then choose if the trade off of the ownership of your music is worth it right right it's almost like you become an employee I guess if you think about it yeah 
Because you're not, you don't own the product or you're not like, yeah. you're not in control of the marketing. You're not yeah. in control of, you're not owning your business at that point, right? Yeah, not you're so You're just the person who is worked for hire to write the yeah. music or to record the music and, and go run around town performing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so if someone wanted to go and make in, uh, make an album like the way you have. Mm-hmm. If there was like a a round number that someone should put sock away to be able to feel like they're good enough to do it, like they're like all set, they can go and spend the money and do it and and not have to worry about it ending short or whatever. What what's that what's that number look like? Five thousand. Five thousand. Five thousand. Pay your musicians. You pay for the studio time. Like I didn't have to pay for studio time for everything, which was great because That's as huge. a guitarist, I can just record at home and have the same sound right as if I was plugged into a mic'd up amp and all of that mm-hmm. but I did you have to pay for studio for drums unless you have a really awesome setup at home which which might cost, will cost you more which cost money anyways right. and then um and then you know bass you could record at home but I wanted them to record together so that was a personal choice bass and drum yeah I strings mm-hmm. I had to record in a studio the quartet together you got real strings. Yeah, yeah, I didn't program them real strings. So it just depends on what you're doing. If you're a vocalist, you could record that at home if you have a good mic. Mm-hmm. Drums, they just almost always have to be in a studio unless okay. you're programming that too. But some yeah. genres, you can get away with it. Some you can't. So it just depends. Okay. But um, you're paying for the studio time. You're paying your musicians unless yeah. you're a band. And then you're paying... Um, you're paying for the editing of the audio unless you know how to tune and quantize on your own and you feel comfortable with that you have to pay someone to do it you're paying for the mixing unless you know how to mix it on your own yep which you may not be as good as you think you are yeah and then you're paying for the mastering and then you're paying mm-hmm. for the distribution through cd baby or like TuneCore. Or which something. luckily isn't that much or anymore you're paying for the distribution are you having physical cds that's that also going to cost a lot. Mm-hmm. I chose not to do it because it costs a lot. At, you could, at first, you could figure out. Yeah, yeah. I can, it. later when I have more money, I can say, yep, let's do physical CDs. This is awesome. I'll sell them at concerts. But right now, I was like, I got to get the album done. I don't want my money to go to creating CDs mm-hmm. yet. And then um, you got to pay for, after all of that, the artwork or a photo mm-hmm. shoot. If you're not going to have custom artwork made, then it's a photo of you. Yeah. And then you have to pay for promotion. So it's a lot pay of Pay for promotion. What do you mean? Like, are you going to be running ads? Are you going to pay someone to promote for you? Are you okay, so let's take, a, let's take a Spotify step. Spotify playlist right. plugging. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that. Um, so I hear a lot of, like, local artists specifically saying, I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to play for exposure. Yeah. Exposure can't pay my rent exposure can't put food on the table um i used i probably would have said the same thing a few years ago mm-hmm. but now from running a business exposure is w- worth money it, it, people pay for exposure all the time yeah um it's marketing and it, marketing is the lifeblood of any business exactly like if you have an awesome product but no one knows who you are guess what no one's buying your product exactly so, I mean, if you're playing in, playing in front of 15 people and you're getting paid an exposure, 
that's not a lot of exposure, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if you're playing in front of 200, 2,000, there's, it, it, it's a different ball game, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but let's talk about, like, the real logistics of it. Like, what when you're going to go market your and, and promote your CD, mm-hmm. what's your plan? I mean, we talked about this on the phone, but I want our yeah. listeners to hear. I mean, I don't have anything too specific in place because I'm still finishing it up, so I haven't given my time to creating a plan but i, I want to s- pause for a second too is like i in my business i have a really hard time with like not having a plan for that next step yeah and i think it's really cool that you're just like no it's okay i'm going to yeah i mean today i just spent like a half hour marking a daily goal from now until august 15th on what i'm going to do for the album awesome. so i am a big planner but it's the marketing for me, because I'm so focused on creating the product, it's like I can't even begin to think what I'm going to do for marketing because I haven't even finished paying for the things I need now, so I don't even know what my budget's going to be. Right. So I can't make a plan, and then it comes and I say, oh, I don't have enough money for this plan I spent this time making. So this and then you would have, Yeah, you would have had to just remake another plan anyway. Yeah. So you'd yeah. rather spend your time wisely. Yeah. Okay. Because time is your most valuable commodity. <laughs> but... um. What I would like to do is to definitely do some Facebook ads and maybe some ads on YouTube after um, relevant videos. So YouTube if, is cheaper. Yes. Too. And if people who like, let's say, an artist, David Maxim Mitzik, when his video ends and mine starts playing, then they'll probably say, oh, what's that? And they'll keep listening versus mm-hmm. me putting my video after like... A random, a random YouTube video, which could literally be about anything under the sun. Right. <laughs> which is the cool part about like Facebook and Instagram and um, and YouTube ad uh, ads especially. Mm-hmm. First of all, video is like huge, and yeah. you get more response that way. Second of all, you can do it by channel, mm-hmm. right? Like we, I could put this video on Lewis Howe's School of Greatness channel mm-hmm. and pay for it to only be in front of those types of people. Yeah. Which I just think is yeah amazing. It's awesome. Um, and, and then on top of it, it costs less than all the other options for some reason right now, because there's not a, as much competition Yeah. because people are afraid to make videos, but mm-hmm. if you're willing to do it, I think that'd be huge. Yeah. Now, where do you want to drive that traffic? Do you want them to go to your Spotify? Do you, do you want them to become Instagram followers? Do you want them to probably when the album is released i want to bring them to spotify because i'm gonna want them to listen to to it it. and then my idea is that once they listen to this album they're gonna go oh my god that was the best thing i've ever heard in my entire life i need to go follow her on instagram right i think you might have to do the reverse that too i mean but or you can do both yeah but on my own i've been putting in lots of time to building my instagram and Another way is just being very active in your community. I'm very active in the places where progressive metal nerds hang out. So what do you so, mean by like places when you're talking? I, I know what you're talking yeah, about, yeah. but what do you mean by so, places? I'm hanging out in the hashtags of like metal guitarists, metal drummer, mm-hmm. progressive metal. And um, hanging out. What does bent. hanging out mean? I'm just being active by liking people's photos, commenting, like... You know, that sounded really cool, or, oh, I need to try that. Just or, But genuine yeah, comments. Genuine comments, like making a kind of connection with that. And by that, it's um, if you know the marketing funnel, 
that's awareness. Okay. So it's like, okay, who's that? And then hopefully when they click on my profile, the brands I spent so much time creating will convert them to being a follower. Mm-hmm. So, and then my link on Instagram will be to Spotify. Yep. So eventually when I have my Spotify page. From right, that. right, right. So it's or I'm gonna to your to, merch or or you could have a yeah. website. Link, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna try to bring them back and forth to say if you're discovering me from Instagram, go check out my music on Spotify. Yeah. But if you're finding me from Spotify or an ad that led you to Spotify, you can come hang out with me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's that's great. Alrighty. So I wanna start trying to wrap things up a little bit. Um where can people find you? What's the best way right now with everything going on? Where, where should they, they look to find you on? Definitely on Instagram. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a YouTube channel or anything right Not now? Not yet. Not yet. Not All yet. right. Which is, that. if you're trying to grow a social media, don't try to do them all at the same time. Focus on really? one or two. Get them really good because they take a lot of time. So that's what I'm doing. Instagram has been my focus. And then okay. eventually I'll open up a YouTube and make that really good. And, and focus on building the yeah. followers and everything. On so that. right now really... I'm only on Instagram. On Instagram. Because mm-hmm. it's nice because once you do have a following somewhere, you can start saying, hey. Come hang out with me over there. You're right, right, right. <laughs> I have longer form videos on YouTube, yeah. not these one minute clips. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. Have you touched TikTok at all? No, not yet. Do you swipe up on it or anything? Like you watch anything? I haven't you know? touched it at all. At all? I tell you all. what, it's, it's the funnest <laughs> app that I've I ever know, played. It's like I see the videos on like other apps that people like to share them on other places. Right. They're funny. They're I mean, good. It's like Vine, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like fancy a, Vine. It, and I tell you what, I think that it's uh, there's like conspiracies, but it makes sense that it's uh, it's really a music promotion app. Mm-hmm. So people are like, I'm guessing they're paying to have their songs as, a, as like the first option to mm-hmm. tap as yeah. the background. And people are making dances to them and they're doing all these plays. And yeah. the next thing you know on Spotify, you go to type in TikTok playlist and it's all the most popular songs. Mm, that's so, really cool. Yeah, yeah. So it'd be something like, I yeah. think you, you're going to end up liking. Um, okay, so we're going to follow you on on Instagram and how about, uh, what about, how are they going to find out about this? Uh, do you have a release date for your album? Not yet. You're not I, yet? I want to have, I mean, I have one in my head that I'm aiming for, but okay. I don't want to put that out there. You don't want to put it out. not be able to stick to it or something, because things okay. can go wrong. Right, right, right. So, You'd rather have it done and then have a release date? Yeah. Okay. So that way it's super, like clean and this is what's yeah. happening and you can count on me that this is the date that I need instead of saying oh by the way I need to push it back sorry guys so going on Instagram is the best way to yeah I'm, I'm updating people there okay. and um yeah I'm I'm really transparent about what I do and who I am so my album updates and everything so right if they have questions you can, you they can, can message you and stuff yeah and... you can message me leave a comment cool mm-hmm. cool well, it's been awesome seeing you grow too. Like I saw you when you were like seventeen years old, yeah. and cheerleader in high school, who's growing <laughs> up and is living in LA by herself now and, and making her own album. So it's really cool. Thank you so much for being on here, Amber, uh, and we'll chat afterwards. Okay. Absolutely.